Welcome to Prayer in Private Parts, a podcast about sex and Jesus. I'm one of your hosts, Jill Thompson. I'm a registered psychologist and sexual health educator from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And my name is Nick Coates. I'm a minister here in Calgary. This podcast is open, honest, raw conversations, most likely conversations you have not heard in church. But we think you probably should. Each episode, we tackle a topic about spirituality and sexuality, and we see where it goes. So let's get started. Please note that while these conversations are just conversations between us, they do not replace any serious psychological or even theological advice. And that if you find yourself triggered in one of our episodes, please know that you can find help in your area. If you don't know of any of those places that are safe for you to access in terms of a distress center or a church that's safe and affirming, we can try and help you find that and you can email us. Happy Pride. We're recording live from Calgary, right in the middle of Pride Week. Yeah, we are. Super exciting. As we were walking up to record the podcast today, uh, we were super pumped to see the rainbow flag painted at the university where we record our podcast. Uh, I guess I can say Mount Royal University has the first permanent Pride like painted sidewalk. I don't know if it's in Canada, but definitely in... Definitely in, in our city. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, it also includes uh, the black and brown, which includes biracial and racialized folks, uh, which is really exciting. So that's cool. So I think today we were just kind of... We started talking about pride and we decided we should do an episode about pride right in the middle of pride. We're being spontaneous today. Yes. But it's also probably because I was complaining so much about my sore throat <laughs> and how it's only Friday and I have like, I don't know, 18 other events to do before, even before like pride parade happens on Sunday. So yeah, I'm hoping that I'll get through it this weekend. We'll you t- see. You'll totally get through it. Yes. So everyone send Jillian your, your, your healing and good vibes. Yeah. Even though this will be posted. You'll little, be listening to this time. after. She, check in with her to see how she's feeling. Yeah. But we were kind of talking about, you know, it's there's so much going on and there's so it's such an important week. So yay, it's like a super great time for celebration, but it's also like a reminder of the history of the queer community um, and gender diverse community. It's also a reminder of like where we're at and how far we still need to go. And so for me, I just, I think that's, I have a a lot of investment in, in where the community is going. And so I, I don't know, maybe I feel it emotionally, but also maybe I was screaming too much at this really amazing drag show I was at last night. I don't know. I've been wanting, we've, Don, my girlfriend and I have been talking about going to a drag show for, for years. And God we always, dear. we just, we never, we hear about it too late or we just, it doesn't happen. So what we're, maybe we'll add that into our list of things to do this weekend. Just do it. It's so great. I mean, all the, there's so many really fun events that are happening um, this weekend. So I'm excited. My most exciting, the thing that I look forward to is called the Calgary Dyke and Trans March. So um, Pride Parade is, has become very much a like celebration, which is great, but uh, Calgary Dyke and Trans March is a really good reminder of all the work that we have to do, especially for folks who are still marginalized in our community. So are they intentional about calling it a march versus a parade? Yes. Absolutely, because it is a march. And so there's no corporate uh, sponsorships. There's no, uh, we don't take in, I I shouldn't say we, I don't run it anymore. (laughs) I used to help out with it. Uh, But those folks that are running it, they are very conscious about keeping that grassroots feeling in terms of what pride was and the history of pride. Well, let's go there because I I know my church now that we're affirming and this is the first year that we, we felt we could attend Pride Parade and actually 
legitimately be there because we are affirming and we're trying to be a place where where everyone of all genders, sexualities, all people of mental health and um, ethnics, uh, ethnic minorities can come and and feel like they belong and welcome and connect to God's love. Uh, but even then, we still answer a lot of questions of like, what is pride and what's yeah. it for? Where did it come from? Uh, and why do we do it? Yeah. Yeah, you were saying that you don't know the story of Stonewall. No, I, I don't think I've ever heard. Well, I, I don't know if that's a person or a place. Yeah. So it is a place okay. in New York City. And it's kind of the history of pride starts there. I mean, there's a long history of um trauma and abuse within the queer and gender diverse and gay lesbian community. So back in the day, uh, homosexuality was actually, it was a crime to be gay, uh, to be trans. So when is back in the day? What are we talking about? We're talking like six, well, yeah, the sixties and earlier, but even up until the eighties, homosexuality was in, was a mental health disorder. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you think about systemic, institution like institutions who create homophobia or who maintain and sustain homophobia so even though so 1969 is when stonewall happened um even though that was a huge changing point uh, there's been even to this day lots of lots of work to be done anyway so let's talk about stonewall so stonewall is a place it was a bar that was notorious for um having parties for gay folks, lesbian folks. But what happened is that it was also notorious that the police would raid this bar. And so they would raid and there was a lot of pr police brutality. And so one night people fought back. Uh, and so people should know the name Marsha P. Johnson. Um, she was a black trans woman and she was the first one to throw a brick at a police officer. And so they actually created uh, they started rioting and they started pushing back on this police brutality. Um, and so it actually filled the streets of New York and that is the start of pride. And so all across the U S and parts of the world, people started doing their own pride parades where gay, lesbian, transgender, trans, like gender, queer folks, bisexual folks were falling into the streets and saying, we've had enough of this, transphobia, homophobia. Uh, so that's Stonewall. I mean, we think of that as like, oh, that's a thing that happened in America, but we had the same thing happening in, in Canada uh, in terms of police raids um, into bathhouses. And so, and that's not that long ago, right? Like the 60s and 70s is not that long ago. Yeah, that's kind of like why I wanted to ask that question because mm -hmm. so often we we want to think yeah. that, oh, the 40s, the 30s is so primitive. Right. But we're talking 80s. We're talking 30 years ago, not even. Yeah. I mean, we in Calgary, the Pride Parade started with only 100 people and people wore paper bags on their heads because they didn't want to be seen because there was a chance that they could lose their jobs. Uh, and so that that is a reality of our history. And it's not that long ago. And so... Yeah, I think that people think of pride as this beautiful like celebration, which it is, because there, we've come so far. But why I love Dyke and Trans March is because, you know, for marginalized folks within our community, there's still work to be done. So marginalized folks being, you know, more masculine presenting women. So that's why Dyke March, right? Um, trans folks, trans folks of color, right? So, yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done. But this is, this is the history of pride. And, and I think that's such a, a important thing for 
Like, thank you. Yeah, because I think mm-hmm. that's, that's such an important thing for us to hear because one of the questions that gets asked a lot that I certainly get asked is, like, why do we still need one? Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't it just, like, why can't straight people have a parade? Right. And it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, and we don't, we don't understand world. a lot of the history of where it came from. Uh, but I think it's safe to assume that if you're not in the community, I mean, especially as, as a, a cisgendered white male, uh, I don't see a lot of the violence. I don't see a lot of the tension. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of the marginalization, oppression, brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, I only know about it because I have very close friends who experience right. that. Yeah. Um, and as we don't, until we get representation on TV, until it becomes a, kind of a part of our discourse, this is kind of the stuff that we don't yeah. hear about. And it remains simply a parade celebrating diversity. Yes. And we miss the that really important undercurrent. So what's the, what's the vibe of the the march then the, for the the it's, Dyke and Trans March? Like what's what's that like to be there? Yeah. So I will say that historically in most cities they have those separate. So they have a Dyke March and then they also have a Trans March. Uh, Calgary, the two communities came together a few years ago, uh, saying you know we want to support each other and basically there wasn't enough folks for maybe. Uh, so this is part of the history, and I know that there's a lot more under underlying things, of course. But you know, the trans community was like, we we want to feel safe because it does still feel unsafe for people to come together and march on the streets, and um, they're scared of violence. And so coming together, there's power in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, they worked together and then stay together, and it's actually a really beautiful thing because I think that with intersecting identities, people can identify as a dyke and as a trans person, right? And so it's kind of, yeah, the vibe there is much more, there's lots more signs, there's lots more yelling, there's lot, which is a really positive thing in terms of like, it's an, it's an active activism, right? We want to show you what needs to be done and we want to be visible where I think that what happens and sometimes in pride parades is that, you know, marginalized folks become invisible again. And so it's just a lot of visibility for marginalized people. You should come. <laughs> I should come. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, never, I, I've never experienced it before. I've never yeah. seen the, the, that march. Yeah. Um, I've just, I think I only know about it from, from you and from seeing the, the promotional stuff around on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really an amazing energy. And pride's fun too. I mean, it's it's fun to have so many people on the side. I usually just like cry the whole time that I'm walking in pride. Did, have you walked in pride before? No, my my first. I've never done. A, I've never done anything for. That's not true. That's a lie. Uh, <laughs> the only thing in for pride I've done in Calgary is attend the premier's pride brunch. Oh yeah. And so it's in support of Camp Firefly, which is a camp that I. I I think is amazing and love yeah. and want to support. And so I, I always show up um, with at a, at a friend's table and kind of try to be the the token minister Christian guy there. <laughs> uh, to, That's awesome. Yeah, my intent that like it's like, hey, we're not all going to come after you, but you know, mm-hmm. we there are churches out there that do believe in God's love that do want to support things like this. Yeah. Um, and if I can just be there and just happen to have my collar on, um, if that's a small gesture that I can make knowing the tension that is within that 
Um, so I do that every year. I'll go back again on tomorrow on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But I've never done a Calgary Pride Parade. I've never done a parade. The, my previous experience at Pride was at the Toronto Pride. Um, like, oh, it was, it was insane. <laughs> uh, I was like fresh off the boat from the Maritimes. And so like I'd never experienced any, any visible out celebration of anything LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it existed and I was very cool with it, I'd never kind of gotten caught up in that. And like there were tens and probably hundreds of thousands of people there. Yeah. And the oh energy was I'm through sure the roof. It was like... Church Street is, is, is the main street to celebrate it on, which I think is Yeah, is, is I brilliant. love that. Um, That's so But great. they were, what stuck out to me the most, and this is part of what I, what really helped me want to be more of an ally and an advocate was I really went in thinking that I would just be a bystander and just be an observer mm-hmm. and just kind of clap and yell and like celebrate from a distance. Because uh, it wasn't my thing. Like, I don't, this is yeah. not my celebration. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as I showed up on on the street, like, there are people saying, like, hey, like, who are you? And like, oh, I'm Nick. Like, all right, wh- wh- like, how do you identify? So I'd have, like, straight buttons and he, him for pronouns mm-hmm. and just have the head stuff that would represent me. Yeah. And so I, I felt totally included and welcomed in and and just kind of a part of, a much deeper and more meaningful part of it than just simply mm. an observer. Yeah. And so I'm really excited for Sunday's parade, not just because my church is doing it and I'm super proud of that, but just to, to finally get out there and be a part of something that, that I really do believe in and want to, yeah. to promote and try to support. My first parade was Vancouver and I had no idea what I got myself into. My sister, I was, she was living there at the time, and I went to visit her. Uh, and she was volunteering with the Humane Society there. And she dressed as like a chicken, it's like rainbow. I have no idea. But that's what we did. And, yeah, it's definitely in different, in bigger cities, it's so different. Calgary has grown so much that they've changed the route. And, like, this year, it's, I think, it's expected to be even bigger. So, it is a very, like, moving experience. And so, I know that as a queer person, when I see, you know, like, hetero cis folks show up, I, I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good ally. That person who wants to come show up and, and walk with us and celebrate. It, cool. can, you, can you tell us more about that? Because I think that is for, maybe for, like, us listening out there who who are affirming and want, and are trying to figure out how do I be an ally and an yeah. advocate. Um, if we're in that place that I was, and, like, I don't really know what my place is. I don't know how I should show up. Yeah. Uh, can What guidance can you give us? where we can kind of understand a bit of what our role and place can be in in pride. Yeah, I think that I know a lot of folks will see things on social media about allyship being a verb, right? Like it's doing something. And so it's, yeah, showing up. At all, you can show up on Sunday, cool. But also, you know, I like that you have this reflection piece of, okay, I can't, maybe my church can't be in this parade until we've done the back work of how our policies and procedures, including or excluding people of marginalized identities, right? So you've done that. So I think it's everything before the pride parade and everything after. So if you're only coming to the parade to get your rainbow stuff, I won't swear. <laughs> um, that's, 
I don't know if that's allyship, right? Cool, like show up on the sidelines. But I also want you to come to the events that are raising money for the organizations that are doing the work all year round with, you know, immigrant populations, uh, with, you know, Camp Firefly is a great example for the youth that are, it's a leadership camp for uh, gender and sexual diverse youth in Alberta, which is amazing. But start showing up to those events where you get to see people's stories. Last night I went to an event called Reverse Racism and it was all local uh, biracial people of color, racialized folks um, performing. And that was amazing. So that's how even in my own community, I can support. And um, there's money that was raised there that's given back to the BIPOC community. And so I think that that's, that's allyship. So yeah, show up to the parade, but then there's and show up and just like to, cause I think this is like, I'm learning as you talk too. it's mm-hmm. show up, but show up and be open. Yeah. Um, show up and, and not even necessarily have to have all the answers and terminology and facts, but show totally. up and, and be, Hey, I'm, I'm here to listen and to learn yeah. And to support you mm-hmm. and have that kind of openness and flexibility to have that posture going into it. Yeah. And at every Pride event and across, you know, I I mean, across definitely Canada and the States, there's usually an after event. So t- we'll have one in a big park and all the local organizations have booths set up. And so that's where you can get involved, say, hey, can I maybe do some like volunteer work? Oh, maybe cool. yeah, I can buy a t-shirt where, you know, the funds go to a local organization or something. Those are ways that we can show up for our communities. And so yeah, I think it's fun though when everybody comes to Pride Parade. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I'm excited to we'll have to share an episode afterwards of like how of how it all yeah. went. And let me tell you why Pride is also still important because there was a there is a lesbian couple that got attacked this week in our streets in Calgary. So they were holding hands, walking home from, I don't know, socializing an event. Being normal. Being human <laughs> and holding hands. And, you know, a group of people came up to them and started making comments. And I know that one of the people identified that they said that they stayed silent for a really long time. And so they've learned to, you know, say something back. And so they said something back and then they they got beat up. And that's that's terrifying. So when you people say, why don't we have a straight parade? It's like, well, you do every day. Like every day you get to hold hands without fear of being spit on or fear of being, you know, jumped, uh, ostracized. You can talk about your home life at the lunch place, you know, when you're talking about um, what you did on the weekend. There's so many things that you, maybe folks that aren't identifying with a marginalized sexual or gender identity that you just take for granted that you don't realize that you get to do. I know that actually that's one thing that came up for me. I went to a conference in the States recently. I don't know if I told you about this yet, but um, it was in Portland, Oregon, which is like a super cool city, but it's actually, Oregon has a really long history of racism in the States. Uh, They were actually, it was a whites only state. And I'm going a little off here, but I was very aware that there was this huge white supremacist rally happening in Portland the weekend I was there, which started to scare the crap out of me. And they were targeting visual minorities. I shouldn't say minorities because, you know, that visual 
marginalized folks. So that included queer people. And so I was very aware of that, like, okay, maybe I won't bring my rainbow shirt or my lady gay shirt or, you know, some of this stuff that identify, like even my pronoun buttons, I was very conscious of like going over the border and not wearing those things. And I was very aware that I could take that off. And there are many people that can't take off their identities. Yeah. And that, yeah, it's a huge thing in terms of when people talk about, oh, let's have a straight parade. No, we get that every day um, where people don't, they get, they don't have to take off something, you know, to, to feel anyway. I just, yeah, no, it was, that, that's, that's like that. That's, that's something that I, that I have to sit with. Cause I, as a, a straight white guy, I, mm-hmm. I had the privilege of never, ever having to worry about any of that. Right. I think it's important for, for me and others to, to recognize that that's not the case for so, 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 so many people. Yeah. And from just the anxiety of that to the violence of that, of, of the couple you told us about mm-hmm. to all the ways that it fills in between. Yes. Uh, not in some primitive faraway place, but right here. Mm-hmm. in our own cities and neighborhoods, just the importance that it is for me to, yeah, I'm leaving with the importance that it is to, I need to hear these stories. I need to do my research Yeah. and really understand why this is important because it, it's not just a principal thing. Yeah. This is people's lives. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is called to love others and try to create a world with without cruelty yeah like we we need we need how can we hear more of these stories like uh, what do you have other books or resources that we can go where we can do our research to to kind of not only understand the privilege that we have but to understand why this is important for sure. And I still feel like even after that conference, I, I identified how much work I need to do. I mean, I'm a queer woman, but I'm also cis and I'm femme. So I I, I can create a lot of invisibility if I want to. I don't, you know, if people say, oh, does your husband want to? I'm like, nah, I can choose whether or not I say something like to that yeah. person to out myself or not. I get to have choice in that sometimes. And so... I don't know. I feel like I'm doing a lot of my own work. And so I think we can throw up some websites of people who do some trainings. I think I'd be really cautious of asking the people closest to you. If you're like, oh, uh, I'm going to use your name, Nick, so I don't use some random person. No, please like, do. Oh, yeah. my cousin, Nick, my gay cousin, Nick. I'm going to call gay cousin, Nick, and ask how many times. Tell me about your trauma. Yeah. <laughs> please don't do that. It's not really safe. But if people do disclose things to you, you know, it's really saying thanks for sharing that with me and and asking what can I do instead of, you know, going and calling your gay, gay cousin Nick and asking those things. But there are people in every city, there are organizations that are doing that work that will say, hey, here here's some training. I'd say like pay people if they're going to be doing some of those work, like the anti-racism training, anti-oppression training, uh, LGBTQ2S training, indigenous training, all of that. Make sure you're paying people to do that because then you will hear those stories. But also, if you look around in your group of folks, and maybe this is, it kind of goes back to this church 
conversation that you and I have so much is look around your communities. Is it only like straight, like hetero, cis, white people that you're hanging out with? Maybe that's why you're not hearing stories because you think, oh, that's something that happened in the 60s. Like, no, actually it happens right now. And if you're not hearing those stories, it's maybe because you don't have people close to you that are marginalized. So I would say look around your churches, look around your workplaces, and then ask yourself what policies and procedures are in place that Hmm. stop people from having a voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My mind went to... And maybe only because I feel forced to, like, bring him up because it's a Jesus is it, podcast. Is it gay cousin Nick? Oh, no. <laughs> talking about Jesus? <laughs> no, yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, we – I've never really thought about this before, but um, often in the circles I, I run in, it's like, oh, of course Jesus identified with the marginalized because God loves him and they weren't receiving enough of God's love. And mm-hmm. God, he wanted to, to reclaim and rename and restore their place in the world. Um. And so Jesus kind of went into it with all these um, ideas of how the world can change and then went to go hang out with them to kind of rally the troops. But what if it, what if it was a bit of the opposite mm. where Jesus saw in his group of friends like, oh, I don't have, like, they're all the same. They all look like me. Right. Um, and so he went and tried to create community and get drawn into more of the marginalized people. Mm-hmm. And it's there upon hearing their stories that he found the fodder he needed to like, no, this is not right. Yeah. And you shouldn't, you should not exist like this. This is not being human. This is not what God wanted to happen. And that kind of was part of his fueling to go and, and do the work that he did. I really like that because sometimes I hear people say, you know, in, in defense of my community and, you know, being part of the church world, I really appreciate all the people that are helping advocate for my community, for sure. But I sometimes feel it's like, oh, like Jesus hung out with those people, <laughs> you know? And I, I, it's a little bit like a weird, like, feel sorry for them. Like, totally. That, that's it. Totally. So it's hard to And all these that. things that I've written, I've just got to come into mind and be like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> how patronizing yeah. was I? But I like that way, that view of, like, Jesus looking around and being like, oh, my goodness, look at all these dudes. Let's let's go hang out with some women. I bet they have some good stories. Or let's go hang out with some. And, and the, the thing about that, like, to, and to go down this road, because why not? It's yeah. fun. It's, like, almost every single woman Jesus runs into totally, like, schools him. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I love that. And and he has his kind of, and, and he always responds Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes angrily, but like there's always this moment of conviction or transformation that happens on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe for like you could, if you're pastors and ministers or church leaders out there, or even just thoughtful Christians, it's those are the people that inspired change. Yeah. In him, it wasn't the disciples, they never got it. Oh, um, they're but, the worst. They're like, oh, I ran into this guy on the street. I don't know who he is. Sorry, just laughing at them, not even recognizing. No, but I mean, I that's think, a whole theology But I think thing. that's like, to, to connect this to pride too in churches mm-hmm. it's and Christians, um, I was reading this story about Jesus healing a blind man. Um, and somehow the blind man has heard about Jesus coming into town. So he, he's shouting for, you know, son of David, come and, and heal me. And the disciples, 
the disciples, the ones who have been following Jesus, the ones who have been like learning about, oh, it's about, you know, restoration and repair. It's about healing and drawing people back into the center. They are the ones who have been like, no, Jesus. Right. Like, ignore him. You can't, you're too busy. You can't go and, and engage with this dude. Yeah. He's riffraffed. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, just because we, we, we wear the label Christian, just because we're active in our churches, just because we have, you know, popular books on our bookshelf, yeah. does n- not mean we're on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. It does not mean that we're actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the work is really fucking hard. Yeah, it's so hard. And to go and try to, like, any every time we talk, I, I'm anxious because I'm kind of wading into an area that I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's not my lived experience, and I want to support, I want to help, but there's definitely a hesitancy to, like, tell me about your experiences. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just an encouragement for 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 myself, but for all of us to... It's in that vulnerability that we can really hear God speaking to us. We can discover Christ in those people mm-hmm. and really understand why this matters and enter into allyship and advocacy and, and the right kind of posture, mm-hmm. not with that triumphalism, we're going to go be the church. Right. But, we're going to come rescue you poor people. Yeah. Yeah. But how... In the same way, I think oh, our culture is shifting to learn from our indigenous neighbors. Mm-hmm. It takes, we got to sit down and shut up and listen first. Yeah. And even if, if it's your first pride, uh, like it'll be kind of mine. Like, how do I enter into this and just, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm going to practice silence and listening mm-hmm. and just go and, and rumble with all of that. Yeah. Because that's, maybe that's a posture that we take into this. Yeah. I think that's a, that's really great because even as a queer person showing up at Pride, I, I need to still sit back and listen and observe and figure out my role and my place and, and also learn the history too. I think, yeah, if all of us, so my homework to you as we're kind of wrapping up things Google, Google the history of Pride. I was actually looking up, um, remind me of her name? Marsha P. Johnson. Marsha P. Johnson. There's a Netflix documentary. Yes. Yes. Maybe be, only on American? Uh, just be mindful. To, well, this is Sorry, something. Let, let no. me rephrase my question. Is that something worth watching? There, all the histories are worth watching, but also Google, Google that because... Um, there was a community of racialized folks that were going to be doing this documentary, but they didn't get the funding. The like white queer people got the funding. And so just be mindful of some of the history of that too, because cool, thank you. yeah, yeah. It's, it's so important to talk about. And that's what I mean for myself showing up like as a queer person, but I also, as a queer person, it doesn't mean that I don't participate in racism or homophobia or transphobia. I can still be capable of those things and I need to be called out on those things too. And so, yeah, I think Googling the history of Stonewall, but also Googling the history of pride in your own city or, you know, the church that you're a part of, what, like if they're affirming, how did they get there? Um, Just know some of your own 
history before you show up. I think that's always good. And then, like I said, looking at local organizations that you can be a part of if that's something you want to do and you want to hear some of the stories. Uh, I know that in Calgary, we have a film festival where you can watch films and there's lots of really great things that you can do. So those are some of my homework pieces. What about for you, Nick? <laughs> I'm smiling because you just kind of went blank. Like, no, I think, I think for me, it's yeah. uh, what was going through my head was mm -hmm. don't say anything. Okay. Like, shut up. Um, as a, you know, cis hetero man, like, I don't, I'm going to take your advice. Like, that's, I'm going to reiterate that mm -hmm. and try to head into this weekend open and willing to learn and to, to show up. Yeah. Because uh, I want, I want my presence to be seen. Mm -hmm. um, I want, maybe heard, but I want to show up in the right way. Mm -hmm. And so doing my homework, but showing up and not needing to, to overdo it, but just, Hey, I'm here. I love you. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. What do you need? Cool. And so maybe that's our, our homework for, for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'd love to hear your experience, experiences of pride. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of cities it's, it's over, but for some, it's still coming up. Yeah. Um, so send us those, those experiences, those stories. Um, and we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Most of the time, Pride happens in June because what happened in Stonewall was June 29th, 1969. Uh, but weather dependent, that's what happens in Calgary. And there's like a whole history of corporations. So you can Google that in terms of why different cities get different weekends for Pride parades. But yeah, June is usually when Pride happens um, historically. But we do September for lots of different reasons. But Google that, right? Yeah, do Find it out. out. So thank Yeah, I'm excited that we got to talk about Pride today. Uh, I hope everyone has a safe... Happy Pride, wherever you are. May you have pride in your life every day. All right, grace and peace, everybody. Thanks for listening to Prayer and Private Parts, a podcast about sex and Jesus. If you want more episodes, you can find them all on iTunes and Google Play or on our website, prayerandprivateparts.com. We'll have all our episodes there, along with maybe some show notes and ways to get in touch with us. If you want to get in touch, you can also email us at prayerandprivateparts at gmail.com. See you soon.